Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Australia. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Hello Monty, another week. Another cherry. Hello, Matt. Absolutely. How many cherries have you popped this week? I've had many cherries <laughs> this week. I've had a good <laughs> punnet full as well, actually. <laughs> a punnet of cherries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I can believe. Right, so we are, we're in Australia. We're down under this week for... Um, which happens just one of my favourite countries at Eurovision, actually, got to say. They've done well, haven't they? Mm. I think they, the energy that Australia brings, the commitment, the enthusiasm, actually some cracking songs as well. I don't think I've disliked anything that they've sent. I might not have been like overtly like, I love this song, but I've never dis- never disliked anything they've sent. No, I haven't. I think they've had a really good track record. And actually, you know, there's that whole debate, should they be in, should they not, blah, blah, blah. Tired of that. Fuck off. They're here... We've got Australia. We love Australia. If every country, <clears throat> BBC, put in as much commitment to choosing their Eurovision entry as Australia does, I'd be a happy man. Yes. I mean, I am quite a happy man anyway, but, you know, that oh, would make me even happier. <laughs> oh, she's happy. <laughs> let's get happy and let's be gay. You text me that, like, on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners, Monty does. Well, look, so here we are. We're talking about Australia. So let's get into it. So the second national final for Australia, only the second. We only had the first one last year. The first few entries were internal selections, but they've opened up to a competition format now. And I think that's a good thing to do. I mean, they had cracking entries from what they selected internally, but there's just a freshness and an energy to the national final. The TV company seems to have gone out and want to deliberately court current artists. Um, there's a link to the Triple J radio network, so they're really trying to get current artists who are there, who are, you know, cool at the minute. Cool at the minute. That cool makes, at the minute. That shows my age. <laughs> <laughs> they're on top of the hey, hate they're, parade. They're groovy. <laughs> they're groovy. But I think it works. I think it does bring some interest. When I was listening to all of the songs this year, I listened to the 10 songs a lot on audio on the run-up to the Australia Decides. And it was such a good set of songs, actually. Lots of them stood in multiple listens and... It was quite a nice little compilation album, really, of songs. Mm. Um, I yeah, really enjoyed it. So it was a great national final down in the Gold Coast with Joel Creasy and uh, Miff. Can we just talk about them? Absolutely, we can. Now, Joel Creasy is quite well known. He's a, you know, a comedian down under. 
but just he just hits this register that is just perfect there's no piss take there is respect to the artists and the songs and what the the whole project is about yet he just delivers comedy every single time and it's really camp and it's really gay and I love it it's a really kind of jolly humour isn't it it's a real enthusiasm for the show that they're presenting but an enthusiasm for the tradition of Eurovision Mm. as well and I really like that it is it's very kind of like camp humour and that is not going to sit well with every audience but I love it Mm. I really love it but even as as a duo they just I think Joel can go and be a bit crazy and he's I mean some of his jokes were I mean he basically said I can be versatile or I'm versatile on stage on national TV like I am fucking here for that queer humour right at the heart of our shows absolutely we love it so it was a great show obviously they had last year's winner back Kate Milahaitke and she did a cracking version of Zero Gravity on the piano and she was just going for it so much by the end you know real kind of crazy piano playing just brilliant. I mean, it just shows the versatility of that song. I still love her. I think it's yeah. one of my favourites from last year. And I just think, I mean, it's going to be a hard thing to beat that performance. You know, it's that his performance is going to be one of those classic Eurovision moments for years to come. But of course, Australia don't deserve to be a Eurovision, so, you know... Uh. Boring. Um, so we had 10 songs. We had um, some guests as well. So Mont, Selma, was all the way down in Australia for it. Kate herself. Um, and um, Dami Yim. My favourite. Oh, it was amazing. That was a great cracking interval performance and of course Dami Im sang a duet with Mont the song that he's done a duet with Dotter mm-hmm. with in Sweden but um, changed for the local audience down in Australia and it's a really good song and a really good performance and of course Dami Im then had a big announcement big at the end news. of it yeah she said I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring for next year's Eurovision and oh my god, the crowd went wild for that. No one knew that was coming as well. That was news delivered at that time. And so everyone was like, what? What? Yeah. So, so so I remember because obviously writing for ESC Extra, these sort of news moments you have to look out for. And we're like, shit, this is not just somebody writing the result of the national final. We now have to write this news. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love when somebody pulls a surprise like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. It's brilliant. Now, of course, things haven't gone to plan this year. So, Demi Im is not going to be a contender for next year because this year's winner, Montaigne, has been selected already as the Australian entrant. She's going to carry forward. So, if Demi Im wants to make a comeback, well, A, she's going to have to find a new song because apparently... As she told you in the interview that you did with a free SC Extra, she's releasing the song. She's not She's not sitting on it. Yeah. So she'd have to sit on it now for two years. Exactly. So. She's not going to do that. Uh, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm going to plug my own content on my podcast. I mean, why not? So, uh, yes, I did a, an interview on YouTube with Dami Im because why not? I love her so much. And she does talk about this. And I, yeah, I think she didn't, overtly I think the next single we get is the song that she was going to put forward for Eurovision 
exciting. We should look forward to that. They also had Yonu Lassand all the way down in Australia as a guest, obviously mm. investing in Australia being there. Because, of course, Australia are now there for the next few years. They they were there on a sort of, yeah, rolling basis. But then they were told, nope, you're in it for the next five years. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's given SBS the opportunity to develop the format yeah. over a few years. Now, obviously, everybody's scuppered for next year in terms of the development that they were going to have. But I look forward to Australian sides returning in two years' time, and hopefully it's as good a calibre of songs as this. Well, actually, we could say that we, they, we might get a Australia Decides... For the forthcoming year, because oh, we might. It might be a selection of songs exactly. from Montaigne. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember whether they've announced that yet. I, I think there's a show. I think they've intimated that. Whether it's oh, going to be okay. like choose the song, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we might. No, we might get an Australian national final for Cherry mm, next year. Something to look look forward to, look mm. out for next year. Now, of course, we always say, "Did the right song win?" And before we do, let's have a quick blast of Montaigne's winning song this year. So Matt, do you think the right song won? I do. I do think the right song won. All the songs that you could match up with this from the national final, which you would say could give it a run, had major faults. So I feel like this was the best song, the best artist as well. And I'm glad it was one of the more independent artists, the Triple J artists, we'll come on to that as well. And issues with staging and costuming notwithstanding, uh, for sure, I think this was pretty much the best choice for Australia. No issue with staging for me at all, but I didn't like her get-up. I thought that... There was nothing wrong with the blue hair in itself. I didn't even find there was that much wrong with the rough in itself. But I think the whole clown styling detracted from the song. You kind of sort of had to get past what she looked like, first of all, before you could connect with the song, which had nothing to do with how she looked. I do think the right song won, though. Um, Again, as we were saying for Belarus last week, I don't necessarily think it was my choice on the night but on reflection I think it is a really really strong song there's something in the lyrics for this I really like that lyric of you thought I was elastic but maybe I'm just made of glass and it's that thing about how somebody pushes you in a relationship and stretches you pushes you to the limit without you know necessarily realizing it's Mm. your limit and then you shatter you know emotionally figuratively here but I just think that's a really really beautiful line and a really nice way of describing that particular point in a relationship. And I think that the staging worked for me. I quite liked the contemporary dance. I quite liked the single camera angle. But I think there was so much going on in just when you looked at her, it was almost as if that got lost 
little bit. This amazing dance she's doing got lost, and it shouldn't. It, there was no need for it to get lost. Yeah, maybe just too many ideas in one sort of performance. And also, you know, that's great. Maybe for Australia, who maybe know her a bit more, going to Eurovision, you can't have anything that's going to put off any votes. You need to be able to access the artist and the song mm. immediately. Although we saw a preview of what the staging was meant to look like at Eurovision yes. the National Final as well, didn't we? we did. It was a very different presentation. It didn't have the dancers on stage. She was on stage alone. I'm not sure it had the same impact as the National Final performance, but, mm. you know, you never know. Running order, how it looks on stage, camera angles, they all count for so much. But yet, I think on reflection, the right song did win. It's a very, very strong song. Agreed. I'm interested to see what she brings next year. Mm, well, she's actually just this week um, tweeted or on social media put out that she's, I think the song is, I think she swore. I think she swore and people were like, oh, she swore. But um, basically, she's basically tweeted the song is like us. bloody, I know. How many, how many F words have I said already? I think, yeah, I think she's quite excited by her song for next year. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing Montaigne back next year. But now, what about the rest of the songs in Australia Decides? Right, so song one, first up, is Jaguar Jones with the song Rabbit Hole. What are your thoughts? I love this. I absolutely love it. It's really strange because I listened to all of the songs so many times. My favourite kept changing and changing and changing. But going into the national final and watching how the songs were delivered on stage, this is the one that I wanted to win on the night. There's a really interesting presentation of this where she is doing a contemporary dance on stage and lots of movement. And I really like the the sort of that beat, that pulsating urgency of the lyric of like, you know, take me down the rabbit hole. I just really like the, the intrigue of what she's presenting. She apparently dislocated her joint or something. Shoulder the... or arm yeah. or let her... yeah, she hurt herself and carried on with the performance. Apparently, what a trooper, eh? Mm. Yeah, God, get you know that's a performer. Mm. Yeah, I I think this is unbelievably cool. So this is just perfectionally cool. Perfectionally, yeah, perfectionally. I've made up a word, <laughs> and and it makes sense because let's talk Triple J because. Triple J, as you mentioned, it is like the more independent, indie, cooler uh, music station in Australia. So I think Jaguar was one of those, Montaigne, and another song coming up from Didiri that we'll talk about were the Triple J artists. And that is a very wise move, I think, for Australia when making a national final because 
you've then made your national final not just just about Eurovision it is just current music performed on stage which I think is so important and I think actually Melfest Melody Festival in Sweden was a bit of a blueprint um, and a bit of a plan of which Australia Decides was built upon right they wanted to make that kind of Melfest sort of show but what Australia did differently is try to draw in some of the more independent artists and make it this very Australian rather than Swedish because obviously the criticism about Melfest is that it's quite formulaic the kind of sound is quite the same you can almost pick this the type of song in the order of which you know it's so predictable in some ways and this wasn't and so I think that's where Australia really got this right Paul Clark is the head head of delegation and the show's producer of the national final and I just felt like such a wise move to do that it's something which Australia you you said this earlier it's something which Australia's, Australia has achieved and the UK hasn't bringing on our sort of more independent artists who can bring that real flavour to the Eurovision selection process this song has Britpop elements it's not a Britpop song it's not a song you would put in that era of music but it has that very British feel I think and that sound from the 90s and she reminds me again she doesn't look like her or sound like her but she's just got this energy that is you know Skunk and Nancy yes what's her name Skin Skin from Skunk and Nancy she's got that flavour but I don't know it's something about her attitude really really like this song I think that's a really interesting observation there around the you know what the UK hasn't achieved I think can you imagine anything like this being even considered to represent the UK at Eurovision and actually this is the kind of song that people will respond to I think it came sixth in the final so you know mid-table but actually I think this is the this this kind of sound it's making Eurovision and its feed-in competitions a lot more relevant a lot more current and I think you know this is more representative of some of the songs that get to Eurovision than, you know, the Swedish Schlager by Numbers. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I'm not knocking Schlager by Numbers. I love it. It's one of the things that attracted me to Eurovision. But I'm really all for modernising the contest and pushing the boundary and making it more contemporary. And you can see that's the direction that Eurovision and some of the national finals have gone in in recent years and I applaud that so much so the next song we are going to bring you is called I Am King I Am Queen by Jack Vigden but don't forget it's always darkest before the dawn some days I hate me some days I love me some days the sun shines so bright I can't barely see I cry to my Sometimes the world seems so mad. I am king, I am Okay, I I have a bit of a problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's complicated, guys. It's complicated. So here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Jack. I think he's got an incredible voice. Uh, but I think he needs to be sort of tamed and sort of coached how to use it appropriately. There is over singing here, which is 
ridiculous. It's 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 beyond Christina Aguilera over singing. It is so so over the top, and that's a real shame because I said he has got talent. He's got it here. So watch Sam Smith. Sam Smith. You can see how he uses his chest voice, his head voice, and then the mix, the vocal mix of chest and head, and he does it effortlessly. And the reason why he does it effortlessly is because he's not trying too hard. He, he's literally not putting as much effort in as he needs to, right? So, and I think this is what Jack maybe has missed or the people advising Jack has missed because it's not the song that makes him do it. So this is what's needed here. I feel like just a bit more paired back approach. Jack is capable of this. He just doesn't do it. So it's an execution issue, not a talent or a competency thing. It's a bit of a mess, this song and the bit at the end of all the forced falsettos and he's just going on and going and you know and I, and I think he's trying to do something a bit different and show off a little bit which is fine but I, he just missed the mark for me this this time so he's an incredible singer and this was a great song on the recording but you wouldn't get that from this national final performance i agree with all of that and again having said that i listened to the song so many times that's the song that's the version of the song I was familiar with, the studio version. And it's a contained version. It's a very powerful emotion within this song. It's that song of identity and the, the, the struggle to find your identity. And, you know, he's, he's crying to the people around him and he's struggling. Um, you know, and it's about that kind of that mental health struggle. Mm. But it's about overcoming that or at least learning to live with it and the steps, the kind of the steps forward and the steps back with that. And that is so, so powerful. And it doesn't need to be an over-the-top performance. And I think that, I don't know whether it is that kind of sense of, you know, you've found the way to manage it and therefore you kind of run away with yourself on the night or whether it was just, you know, the excitement of competition and the in the momentness. But it, it, if this had been a more contained performance, it would have been all the more powerful as it was the shrills and the sort of the vocal acrobatics were just not really selling the potential of this song. And that's a real shame because I think there's something really interesting about him. It is a great song. If I was there, not that I'm an expert, you know, who am I? But if this is what I would do if I was thrust into that role of helping him through this national final, I would stand him on stage and I would say, what are you singing about? Forget your voice, forget the camera and the microphone in your hand. What are you singing about? This song speaks to you, right? Because, you know, he does a VT in the national final, you, he talks about this song. And I would say, connect with that. If you're singing about identity and come to terms with it and I'm king and I'm queen and I'm that's exactly who I am, your performance can't be a mess. It can't be a mess because it kind of belies what you're, what you're actually going through. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a very calm, confident and just very sincere performance. And you didn't get that. That's what I would say to him. Say, Look, just bring it down, send, ground yourself, centre it because it's all here. You just need to just package it up and deliver it in the right way. You can't be saying that you're king and queen if you're not reigning over your subject matter. So moving on, song three is Lessons of Love by Vanessa Amorosi. Lie, you lie, you lie, you lie. 
Monty, thoughts, please. Well, this is probably the biggest named artist in the national selection. Vanessa Amorosi had an enormous global hit on the back, really, of the Sydney Olympics yeah. with absolutely everybody. Absolutely everybody, everybody. Yeah, everyone knows, everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Absolutely everybody knows it. <laughs> absolutely everybody knows, knows who she is. Now, I don't really know what she's done with her career since then. It's that kind of artist that, for me, you know, I know a big hit and then they pop up in a different context, in this sense, in, in Eurovision. But it did feel as though people were hanging on to see what song she was going to put forward. She's one of the later artists to disclose their song. Mm. So we were really hanging on to see what this could be. And I'm disappointed with what she delivered as a song, but I'm even more disappointed with what she delivered as a performance. It is literally car crash because she is lying in the wreckage of a car at the start of the song and obviously goes on to talk about a doomed relationship. But I just don't think she quite connects enough to sell it. I mean, it may be the source material isn't strong enough for me, but certainly the delivery of that source material is just lacking for me. A big song, a big name, a big opportunity. And for me, she blew it. Mm. I, I agree with you in the sense that it's a song that has been messed up by the staging and the delivery of it. The, the car on stage, I, 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 you're just asking for people to make that analogy of it's a car crash. Especially when you know that you don't sound as well on the vocal live performance as you do on the recording because she does struggle a little bit. It does feel like it's just a two or three notches too high for her. Mm. But this is a song that I have connected with probably more than any other song of the national final season. And that's a personal reason. It, it at the Literally every lyrics is saying and explaining the issues I had with an ex-relationship that I had. You know, Lauren Hill's, you know, strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words. That's exactly when I heard this song, I was like, oh my God, I did learn a lesson of love through that relationship. Oh my God, I do regret all the things that you did, you fucking, un-. you know, and I was like, you're singing my, singing my life. And there's another cultural reference, because to me, it's Roberta Flack, not Lauren Hill. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> so I know exactly what's wrong with this, but I still love it. Well, there we are then. Moving on, song four is Proud by Casey Donovan. Well, I really like this. It's a bit of a Disney song, and uh, we know Casey Donovan, or Australians, you'll know Casey Donovan, from being the Australian Idol winner and winner of I'm a Celebrity. So she's got like this TV chops about her. People know her, like visually, they just know her from television. 
So she was always up for doing quite well and getting votes here. She knows how to get people voting for her. Vocally, it's just ridiculous. She can, She's an exceptional singer. She absolutely nails this performance. She had, it's really funny, I only noticed this tonight when me and you watched it. She had a very similar dress to what the mummers from Sweden were wearing, actually. Really weird. I thought, mm, if you put them yes. next to each other, you like, is it a fourth mummer? But um, I digress. A song like this, you need to be, you know, have a strong emotional charge to it. And she absolutely delivered that. The theme of triumph over adversity is a theme which has been so well trodden at Eurovision and you kind of know the minute she starts singing this that that's going to be the theme it's going to be sort of how she's overcome adversity in her life I think that's an easy thing to get wrong or to fall short on and when it works it works look at something like Rise Like a Phoenix. Mm. I mean, it, it, almost perfection. Perfection. As, a, as that kind of song. Where it works best is where you feel an empathy with the artist. And there is something about Casey that you just think, wow, I really, really want her to succeed. You know, you're, you're absolutely gunning for her. And you know by looking at her and the sound the clarity that's there in her voice she's had adversity and she's overcome it mm. you know and you get the sense she's still the kind of woman that's going to have more thrown at her in her life and you just will her to get through in fact when we were looking up some of the background information for this we found um a really quite unpleasant story actually that of um, an experience she had where she said she was when she was 16 she got into a relationship with a man over the phone and they it, it blossomed them talking together but then there was an excuse that he made every time they were meant to meet she was introduced by him to uh, a woman who it turned out was actually the man she was speaking to on the phone and an imposter. And she said, you know, it was her insecurities, you know, thinking nobody could love somebody like her. And, you know, the the the, the poor self-esteem that she would have mm. had that, that drew her into that. And it's just such a powerful story. And you can absolutely see, you know, how somebody gets into that situation. And that must have been an awful thing for your confidence, for somebody to betray you and deceive you in that manner. And I just can't help thinking there's something in that, there's something of that in this song where she's singing. She's reclaiming her identity through this song. And oh my God, it was so powerful. This won the public televote, mm -hmm. actually. Um, Montaigne was second in the public televote. And this one, and you can see why the audience went wild for this. And maybe that is a bit of, you know, the Australian audience knowing her, having watched her blossom into the woman that she is. And, you know, the, the, the wins and the triumphs that she's had through um, the, the shows that she's taken part in. But it was a beautiful thing to watch. The song by itself, I'm not sure whether this would have been a song that I was backing. 
But my God, what she brings to it is just mm. lovely. Really, really heartwarming. Here's an interesting point, because a few weeks ago we spoke about a straight woman singing a song about being gay. You could argue that this is a straight woman singing about being proud and being out. And what I quite like about this is that it doesn't matter how you look at this, it makes perfect sense. Whether it's from her perspective, like as we've just seen, she's been through hardship, it could very well be about that situation you described. Mm -hmm. It could be about a relationship. It's just, it's it's not generic, but, you know, it's it's wide-ranging enough for us all to connect. And that's that's absolutely right. It came second. It won the public vote. So that's just proof in the pudding. You know, if you, when you get it right, people connect. So let's move on to song five, final song. And this is by Diana Rovas, and it is Can We Make Heaven? I love this. I loved it going into the show. It was one of the stronger songs in the audio versions I was listening to. And I really thought that she had a chance with this. And then she got on stage in a green frock that was very unflattering, both in colour and in style. And she performed this quite statically, kind of stood on a plinth with a ring, with a hoop around her. And it just was all wrong in the performance. And it's such a shame because this is a brilliant, brilliant pop song. She's got an amazing voice, mm -hmm. a really, really strong voice. And in fact, she was just off winning one of the Australian talent shows, I think. Um, so an amazing talent with a great song, but something just went so wrong in the staging, which is just such a shame. Yeah. Agreed. I actually think she was the best vocalist on the night. Even above Casey, she absolutely nailed it, I think. You're right, she was fresh off winning The Voice Australia. I think it was 2019, so she literally had just won and then banged straight into Australia Decides. And you can see why. You're right, the staging was weird. That Stargate, it was like Stargate Australia Decides. Weird, really weird. I, 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 I don't really understand the concept of that. That was a shame. Um, I think the issue as well was the song didn't quite meet the level of other songs even if you got the staging right even if she sang it great there were a couple of moments where she oversang but it's okay it's live performance there were you a few forgive her vocal acrobatics towards the end which yeah. didn't need to be in there we all know you can do it again contain the song yeah but i still think maybe the song itself wasn't quite it was like that next bank of mm. people i i would love to see her come back to another national final um, oh god I'd have her for the UK you know give her a good song she, she can really really sing she's um, from Australian Greek parents so you know who knows she might end up there for Greece who knows you know she's got she's got options there you go <laughs> she came seventh though in this national final so I think that's probably about right she's in that you know she might be disappointed with that but I think that's probably about right so that's our five songs there's a couple more that we want to do some honorary mentions to there as well so Matt what's yours I just want to talk about uh, Didiri and his song Raw Stuff 
because again, I mentioned before, this is a Triple J artist. This is an independent. This is somebody that you might not see crop up at a, a national final uh, with a song like this, but he has. And it is just... Uh, go back and listen to it because it, it's mournful, was what you said, Monty. And it is. It has this sort of haunting feeling, but my God, the amount of feeling that's packed into this performance. And he's there... On a piano, simple staging, simple graphics. They had overlays over the screen. Just it worked for me. I was just drawn in, and I, I love it. And I just go go and have a listen. It I think it came fourth, third, fourth. So it done well, but it was it was a bit very pared back. So you you know you need to you're not going to dance to this. <laughs> <laughs> and the song I want to highlight is um, by Mitch Tambo called Together. Now, Mitch Tambo is another big name in Australia, another alumni of the talent shows, and he is um, a First Nations Australian, um, and he brought a mix of his cultural heritage into the song, in kind of a fusion song. We had the um, Gamalarai language, which is the, his um, native language of his people. I, I think this is the kind of thing that we are anticipating Australia bringing at some point. I think a lot of people thought, you know, when he was announced that this was the time to bring this kind of fusion song. Um, I'm not sure that this one was a great example of it. Um, we've got lots of artists who do this, you know. We had Electric Fields last year bringing that. We've got artists like Jon Henrik Fjellgren in Sweden bringing the Sami culture in. Although he is interesting because he's actually got, you know, South American culture as well. So I, I don't know, the, the, the aesthetic didn't really quite work for me with this. But I could see something along these lines representing Australia relatively quickly as they draw on the full diversity of their cultural heritage. So there's our five songs and our two little bonus honorary mentions. Which one of those is going to be our cherry? Well, you'll find out after this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So Matt, what is our good thing of the week that is good this week? We are down under at the moment, so I reckon we should give a bit of love to Aussie Vision. Yay! So, yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, if you guys haven't heard of Aussie Vision, they they follow the contest and they cover the contest and they have news articles. And uh, if you haven't listened to their podcast, you really should. Because I listen to a few Eurovision podcasts because, blimey, there's a few of them. And when I'm busy, I skip a few because I'm just busy. I never skip Aussie Vision because these guys, Dale and Mike, they and their team as well, they've really uh, committed contributors as well, just deliver really great content, news, but also just the way they analyse stuff and the way they dress things up and the way they do the podcast. Just don't take my word for it. Go subscribe and listen to them because it's just, they're really great guys and They've had some great interviews, some really good interviews. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I used their podcast to research this podcast episode that we're doing now. So that was great, a aren't really good episode, actually, because it just gives a lot more insight from a local perspective 
into a national final where there are artists that are new to us that are not new to the Australian audience. So really good to get that perspective in. Just a really lovely podcast. Really, really nice to listen to. We had hoped to get them on as guests this year in Rotterdam. We'd hoped to record an episode early, but that wasn't to be, unfortunately. Fuck you, Corona. (laughs) We hope to be able to get you guys on the podcast soon. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, guys. Showing you a bit of love. You are... Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Monty, 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 tell everybody now, what is the Australian cherry that we have chosen? The Australian cherry that we have chosen is Proud by Casey Donovan. Mm. A big hit in the second cherry team. And I think that she had universal appeal over some of the other songs. I will say that, although I loved the Australian final, there was something in the staging of the songs that just didn't quite hit the mark all of the time. And it was a little bit disappointing to see how some really good songs translated into a live setting. I don't know whether that's perhaps a lack of rehearsal time maybe a little bit more rehearsal time would go into that and make it a little bit better but still a great set of songs and really really excited by the format but the power of Casey Donovan's performance was the thing that swung it in the vote for Australia and there she is our cherry for 2020. So there you go. But do you agree with that? Is there a song that we should have chosen in its place? Well, tough shit. But if you do want to tell us that we've got it wrong, contact us. And you can do that by uh, contacting us on Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram, Second underscore Cherry, Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, and email us as always at what, Monty? Hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Now, we're not going to tell you what country we're doing next week because, quite frankly, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also recording this one after Belarus. Yeah, So we're there quite you go. ahead of ourselves. Magic of podcasting. Absolutely. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. <laughs> so there you go. So I'm going to say goodbye now because I want to drink some more drinks. And me too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You've got a course of antibiotics you have to take tomorrow. <laughs> I know, I'm not starting them until after I've finished. <laughs> right, so it's a bye for me. And it's goodbye for me. See you later. Bye. bye.